Welcome to the Monthly Movie Dispatch, the movie review show from friends you can trust. Every week we broadcast a review of a new film, talk about some film news, and recommend what to watch. We've been talking, critiquing, and gushing over movies ever since high school, and we aim to bring you honest conversation on relevant cinema. Uh, I'm the host this week, Brandon Bowlby, and I have with me Nick Moffitt. Yo, what's up? How's it going? Uh, really good. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to talk about uh, Steven Spielberg and the West Side Story. Absolutely. Good to have you on, Nick. Um, so we will be reviewing the 2021 Steven Spielberg adaptation of West Side Story. Um, but before we dig deep into the film and critiquing it, I want to talk about Spielberg a little bit. Um, I want to hit a top five list from you, and I'll give mine as well, Nick. Uh, I know we've both been through his whole filmography um, at very different time periods, probably. I think you're more recent of a Spielberg junkie than me. I did mine like back maybe in high school as well. Um, but it'd be cool to list your top five. Why don't you give it to us? Sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, uh, for sure. I did, I think back in 2016 or 17, I watched, I had a summer where I watched every single Spielberg movie yeah. and, um, I remember Derek did it with you too. Yeah. Yeah. It was super fun. Uh, big fan, big fan of Spielberg. I'll try to always see a Spielberg, a Spielberg movie. He's a yeah. great director, one of the all timers. And, uh, honestly, I feel like he is more creative than people give him credit for. Like nowadays, I feel like a lot of people roll their eyes at Spielberg a little bit of like, boomer you know whatever like uh blockbusters but uh you know when you ask top five it's tough because it's like what direction do you go in do you go in like you know the blockbuster route or the super dramatic route because he really does both um very well you know he's he's one of the best for a reason and i can't help it but uh i'm gonna say at at this moment you know my my list is subject to change at any time um i'm gonna say Jaws number one. Oh, okay. Uh, Schindler's List number two. Yeah. Um, How do you even put those like back? back no, totally. Crazy. Exactly. That's the thing is like, like Jaws, Schindler's, Schindler's List. Schindler's list. Is, it's a perfect movie. Like, yeah. And my number three is Jurassic Park. And I feel like it has to be those three in the top three because okay. like Jurassic Park and Jaws to me are kind of tied as like maybe the best blockbusters of all time. Like they're mm-hmm. up there as one, one A, one B basically as the top blockbusters. And then Schindler's List is basically a perfect movie. Um, today, I'm going to have E.T. at number four. Wow. And, and Catch Me If You Can at number five. That's interesting. Um, uh, yeah. Is that something you always knew or does Catch Me If You Can something you like rediscovered? Catch Me If You Can goes up every time I think about it. Okay. <laughs> if it pops into my head. I go, oh, man, I love that movie. And it just kind of like inches higher and inches higher. And part of it's i haven't seen saving private ryan since that rewatch it's a great movie um that one's just probably right outside my top 10 but um you know it's kind of like this thing where i kind of i kind of feel like i have to give a little bit of credit to that that dreamworks years of spielberg because i feel like those are um un um like less talked about years for for his for his career and to me that's like the best one to have those those i mean catch me if you can is like i guess that's like a total underdog for to pick that and put it that high it doesn't get talked about enough so it's probably good to give it more recognition i mean surprise me also it's a great christmas movie like honestly like i feel like i feel like it has the themes of christmas and um you know family and uh loneliness and Mm -hmm. uh also there's a big like the climax happens right around christmas so okay okay yeah totally forgot that i haven't seen it since like it probably literally came out 
Um, Watch it with your family right, this year. Definitely. All right. Here's my top five, you know, a uh, few different picks, but some overlaps. Um, I didn't order them. Um, Fair. But maybe I'll try to. Uh, number one, I would, I would just have to give it to Schindler's List. Of course, it's a masterpiece. And I guess I'm going with the dramatic side rather than the blockbuster side. Um, I'd put number two as Jurassic Park just because it's a perfect rewatchable film that I've seen a million times and it is so good and so intense. So easy rewatch. It's so great. Yeah. Um, I would also put on that list. Um, maybe it's not number three. It's probably not, but I have my eye on it right now. AI artificial intelligence. Wow. Um, Interesting pick. That's, that's maybe his weirdest movie, right? Yeah. Like that's it's, his it's most creative bizarre, movie. but I was in love with that movie um, when I saw it in high school. And now I'm seeing that it came out in 2001, but I remember being really into that movie a little bit later on, like, you know, my 2006 high school years. Um, I thought it came out a little bit later than that. Um, and then obviously I have to go with Saving Private Ryan. I know just missed your top five, but uh, I'd put that on my list around four. And I think for my number five, I would pick E.T. Though I know Jaws is your number one. I literally have not rewatched that movie since I first saw it. Um, so I just, it, it doesn't stay like in my head as well as it probably does yours. So that's one I need to rewatch because I'm sure it's just top three. Yeah. It's so good. I'm sure that's a my bad kind of thing. I can't believe you haven't seen it since you first watched it. Like it's, it, it's, it's just, it's so great. Yeah. It's so great. I wanted to say like being a Spielberg fan, that he was one of the first directors that I like got into probably because he has such popular movies as well as being like an, you know, directorial artur of film. Um, but I, I'm always surprised with, he fades on a lot of people's minds. Uh, you kind of were pointing out this at the start um, from just how good of a visual filmmaker he is. And I'm always constantly blown away, especially in his last like decade and a half. Um, every time I sit down and see a Spielberg movie and just how visionary it is. Um, and how much like effort and meticulous like thought he puts into just everything in his movies. Um, and I think he's really kind of like lost that, you know, he's known for like Jaws and E.T. and, um, and stuff like that. But he is just like a cinematic visual, you know, incredible director and people don't give him enough recognition for that. Absolutely. And if you look at his later career, it's, he's kind of in a fun stage right now where he, uh, he kind of comes out in uh, duos. Like uh, it seems like he doesn't do a movie for like three years. And then mm -hmm. he comes out with two very quick back to back, like in um, I think 2017, 2018, he came out with the post and ready player one back to back, you know, and I remember that. ready player one was, you know, just your blockbuster thing and very visionary, but also like, you know, it was fine. You know, it wasn't great, yeah. but the post was incredible. Like that yeah. was like a really personal movie that had something to say. Way more stripped back. Um, probably why I was able to do both of them next to each other. And then basically the same thing, like a few years earlier, because it was uh, the BFG and Bridge of Spies back to back. Right. Where the BFG was, you know, big and visionary blockbuster affair. But I mean, it was okay. It was an okay movie. But Bridge of Spies was also like really small in comparison and very very personal and it had something to say another really good movie underrated too like it's people love that movie yeah and uh i mean i think you can go back in his career and like a lot of you know he does Tintin, have more horse yeah uh, yeah fun and dramatic yeah you're right he, he puts a lot of those back to back right back back when we were in high school like uh 
both War of the Worlds and Munich came out. The right. Same yeah. These you are know? these are good points. I've never thought of this. He yeah he has these like um, his kind of up his Jaws side of things, and then he puts out a Schindler's List side of things. Right. I mean, right literally, literally, Jurassic Park and Schindler's List came out the same year. Oh, <laughs> they they both came out in '93. All right. Great point. Great point. So yeah. Like, I'm seeing that right here. He's just like a master at doing like both the. I don't know how he's doing. Like, does he film both of them at the same time? Is he just like developing one and working on the other? And oh, it's not going to take me as long to film the small personal one. So let's just. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's. It's really something though. Yeah, keeps the keeps the like bigger one in post production for longer and films a small one. I don't know, but um, it's incredible he's able to do stuff like this. Um, and I don't know, he's like the most underrated, overrated director. Maybe I don't know how else to describe it. No, it, it's totally true. I mean, like a lot of these guys who have been around forever. I mean, uh, like I feel like I feel like I was saying the same thing about Martin Scorsese recently that he's kind of underrated in that like his movies are like really creative and very personal. And, um, you know, people kind of are just like, Oh yeah, the mafia guy, but yeah. it's like, look at his career deeper. It's pretty interesting. And it's I feel extensive, like extensive can... elaborate. He's yeah. done everything. Yeah. And like, yeah, Spielberg makes populist movies, you know, like sometimes he's operating like really broad strokes, but, but then you look at his career and you actually like look at the movies. It's like, their AI movies. is not a broad stroke. Like, no, not at all. And yeah, exactly. even like I would even say like Lincoln is kind of doing something different than what you would expect a Lincoln movie to be. You know, it's not as much a biopic as it is about like one event that was happening in mm -hmm. Lincoln's life. You know, and I think that a lot of his career is like that. Like he's he's very thoughtful, and even when he's operating broad strokes or pop, like again, he makes populist movies. That's what he does. He's not gonna be david lynch over here or something or yeah even like an art house director that's like never been his style but he uh he is doing something he just has a really great career and and so with west side story i've i've heard that this too even though it is like such a known musical it's such a big part of like culture um that this was kind of a passion project for him like why west side story why now it's because, you know, this, this man is like, you know, in his seventies uh, and he probably grew up with this being one of his favorite tales and he's been wanting to make it for a very long time. Um, and Actually, there's no other reason than that, just his own, you know, his own passion for wanting to make this. I read on Wikipedia actually that uh, the West Side Story soundtrack was the first like piece of media that was allowed into his house when he was a kid. Wow. And so he obsessed over it and it was like it became his like favorite thing ever and if you watch the movie like uh, at the end he the, the movie's dedicated to his dad and that's okay. that's like part of it and also like he's in the middle of doing this two for tour thing because his next movie which is i'm assuming gonna come out next year because he's filming it right now is like a personal story about his childhood so it's like he's kind of reflecting on his you know younger years right now yeah so that's exciting to hear um, let's jump right into it, give the official opening. So today we'll be reviewing the West Side Story. We'll give our initial thoughts and then later on move into spoilers. Um, let me give a brief synopsis of this film in case you don't already know somehow. Um, an adaptation of the 1957 musical West Side Story explores forbidden love and the rivalry between the Jets and the Sharks, two teenage street gangs of different ethnic backgrounds. Um, not only is this an adaptation of 1957 musical, but that in turn is an adaptation of the, what, 1600s play, Romeo and Juliet, you know, uh, whatever that was actually released. So this, this story is a tale as old of time. And um, it's, 
it's definitely an adaptation and uh, beat for beat. It goes through a lot of familiar stuff that you've seen before. Um, this is directed by Steven Spielberg, um, stars Ezlil Elgort, um, Rachel Zeglar, and Arieta DeVosi. Um, so let's get into it, Nick. I want to know your first impressions. You My think? first impressions. Well, let's do it. I gotta say, Brandon, um, I don't know, I, th I feel like this is common knowledge, but um, I am not typically a fan of musicals. Like the that genre right. in general isn't my cup of tea. Like yeah. there are musicals here and there that I'm into. Um, you know, I always like to cite like Moulin Rouge as like, you know, they're doing something different. Like, like I, I like the musicals Roman Juliet. a little bit. Um, Roman Juliet, was it Roman Juliet? Is that what you said? Oh, wait, no, I was thinking something totally different. Keep going. No, I'm okay with Roman Juliet. That, you know, Buzz Lerman's, you know, but pretty good. But uh, yeah, like uh, I'm not, you know, like Greece, like that's one of my least favorite movies. Like, yeah. not a fan. Um, uh, I actually am not really a fan of the original one either, like the original West Side Story. Okay, so um, you've seen it. I was going to ask you that too. Yeah. I have not. Okay. Yeah. I've seen it. And it just, again, it's just not really like my, my thing, but you know, I, I've been trying to go in with open minds on things. Like I, I was like, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to go in thinking I don't like musicals because actually I do have a newfound respect for musicals, especially because like my work like made a musical last year and I was right. pretty involved in the editing of it. And I, I kind of see more of the, the craft behind it, you know, and I'm, Anyway, that being said, uh, I did really like this movie. I, I did mm -hmm. have, a, I had a really good time with it. Um, I especially, it to me, it felt like a musical in the purest form, good and bad, like good and bad with that, in that like, it felt like the sets were real. Like it felt like they built these sets and they had these wide shots that were to die for, you yeah. know, the, the scenes of the dancing were, were great. You know, there were these like really intricate dance numbers. There were some scenes that you know, I kind of want to talk about more in date, more in detail as we get on, but like there were a few scenes in there that like they told the story through, you know, through the dance and it was like really captivating. Mm -hmm. And, um, Agreed. you know, I do think that like with a musical, you, there are often times where you have to go like, Oh yeah, yada, 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 this happened, you know, and you kind of have to like, almost like a sitcom or something where you have to like roll your eyes and be like okay they're in love now or something yeah. you know it's like like things happen musicals happen in a fantastical world and that um that is kind of hard for me to get past you know that's kind of part of my thing that's hard for me to get past but um i remember uh, i just watched les mis like two months ago um with kelly and sean and i was shocked to remember how quickly the like pivotal love story and that musical happens as well. It's like over the course of like five minutes, they go through one single song and they're like deathly in love with each other We're for the rest now. of the musical. Yeah. And it's just like, it's from then on, it's just like, this is the story. Right. Um, yeah. So you just it's just to, something you got to go with. You just got to accept it and move on and, or else you're not going to like the movie, you know? And, uh, and I, you know, you, I kind of like had to like work through that a little bit. And I think because of that, I, I am a little bit of emotionally distant to parts of this movie. And I did think the movie, you know, I hate complaining about this, but I did think it was like too long in that sense too, where like, I wasn't fully emotionally committed. And then there were these scenes that like, you know, I didn't think it really did much for anyone except a fun musical it's, number. And it's that Broadway musical length that shows have to be, it's like that two hours and 45 totally. minutes on stage. Cause you do like, hour and 20 intermission hour 40 done and like 
it's, you know, it's usually two halves like that. And to be on Broadway, you usually have to write it to be a specific length like that. And it's not always conducive to film when you, when you do it like exactly the same as well. Right. And it's like, they're not going to cut the number because it's probably a really popular song. I mean, again, we can get into this, yeah. but um, yeah. So generally speaking, I really did like it. And they just, there were a few hangups of like musical stuff, but again, I might not even be the right person to be complaining about that with, you know? So um what did you think? I it's I think we're surprisingly on close to the same page. Uh, I think like I this this film is like dazzling to watch. Um, it's it's so fun to see these like street gangs like dancing and doing ballet and twirls like in front of you and like having the choreography match the camera work. It's just like so energetic and like I don't know it exhilarating in some of these scenes where I was just like, holy shit, like the camera's moving around like this and they're spinning this way and the gun is going here. And like, it's just yeah. like this total dance through and through. Um, and it really hits hard um, at some, at many moments. Um, it's also cool. Just like, I've never, I've never seen the story. I never saw the original West Side Story. I haven't seen it on live or anything I do know Romeo and Juliet, which um, I think this musical has a lot of the like goods and bads that i mean romeo and juliet rushed the hell out of things too like and then all of a sudden they're you know killing each other or killing themselves at the end and you're like does this even make sense but it's also the 1600s like sure i'll go with it kind of thing right mm -hmm. um there's a lot of like forgiveness you have to do to get over the hump of this like this old tale that you're watching um but there's a lot to love in this movie and a lot of it i was just sitting there thinking to myself like god spielberg is great like yeah. you mentioned the sets and just how big and massive they looked um and i don't know it reminded me like there's like stuff of war of the worlds or just like he he puts the time and effort to have this just look right on screen well, and not be cheap it was filmed on location like i i looked into it because i was i was I was captivated by just the set design. I mean, even the rubble on location. I don't. Apparently, they filmed this in New York City and Patterson, New Jersey, and they Holy like shit. they literally built like they built sets like yeah. in parts of town that like they could build like whole blocks, basically. Right. The Patterson stuff was probably like the construction, yeah, like areas, the alleyways and stuff. But yeah, there's there's a ton of just like New York cityscapes and like you know, the streets of the Upper West Side and stuff was shown all throughout here. Um, and it was interesting seeing that, like, this is where the Lincoln Center is now. Like, they're evicting people, like, on a 10-block radius here because they need to put in this, like, uh, uh, will eventually be this beautiful, like, city arts center um, for everyone to come together on. But, like, yeah, seeing, seeing this from a perspective of, like, a 1600s Romeo and Juliet Shakespeare story and... The 1950s Broadway musical that I never knew and learning that story for the first time like that alone was just interesting enough for me. Um, I do want to mention that this is Stephen Sondheim's uh, first musical that he uh, did the music and lyrics to, um, I think in his 20s. Um, me and Sean talked about this on the last uh, movie reviewed because they also mentioned Sondheim um, and Tick Tick Boom a few times. And Stephen Sondheim passed away, I think, last week or a week and a half ago. Right, right. Um, you know, and he's one of the most like largest and influential musical um, musicians or writers of all time. And this was the start of that. And he went on to make 
Um, and when people look back at his career, West Side Story is like, it's iconic, but it's also like definitely his first musical. And he goes on to make much more beautiful, rich musical experiences after that with like, with the actual like songs to be much more like pure and remarkable. Um, but it was, yeah, it was cool seeing like this being his first one. What are some of the other ones he's done? Um, he's done with Sunday in the music? Park with not Sound of Music. Okay. No, Sunday in the Park of George. Um, he did Follies. He did um, uh, The Butcher, The Barber. Uh, why am I forgetting what that one is? The Giant Depp one. With the Sweeney, Sweeney, Sweeney Todd. Sweeney, he did Sweeney Todd. Um, Into the Woods, which was remade like five years ago yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's done, he's done a lot of like remarkable works that people, um, really love. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I mean, I was, impressed. let's go, in, let's go into detail. I want to know like scenes, characters. Okay. Um, what so, stood out to you? So first of all, uh, the, the biggest scene that I was probably, uh, most impressed by me, my favorite scene was, um, was the, the fight with the gun, you know? So, um, mm-hmm. Uh, Mike face like played... warehouse, right? No, this was like on a bridge, like it was a dilapidated oh, bridge. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, Mike faced played Riff, who was like he was one of the Jets, he was one of their uh, one of he was like the leader kind of of the Jets. And uh, first of all, I just want to say real quick that I thought he was a great character. That was something that I told that wasn't truly expecting that his character to be so good because he was a great heel in that, like, he he said and did a lot of bad things, but also you could understand where he was coming from on some level. Like he totally felt like the world was like dicked him over and he was like, just trying to preserve what, um, what was, what, what he had. And I just, yeah, I don't know. He was, I just thought his character was more interesting than I was anticipating. Okay. Um, anyway, also coming from the original one as well, or honestly, I don't really remember the original one as well. And I, I don't think I was as, kind to the original one when i watched it like i think i turned it on and i was pretty quickly like oh i'm not into this you know so again like i'm coming to this with fresh eyes fresh like i'm trying to enjoy musicals as much as possible now you know like i'm i'm seeing it differently you know i can i'm growing man yeah (laughs) Yeah. but anyway that scene with the gun so um so riff gets gets a gun that he's gonna bring to the brawl and uh ansel elgort uh is the main character he plays um what's his name um i don't remember the names anyway so he wants to stop um the brawl you know he wants to he sees that his friend has a gun so he steals it and then they have this like fight over it and it's like a dancing fight but no like no lyrics too it's like it's just all choreography right yeah Yeah. and they start like you know it starts out pretty playful like they're like going back and forth they're like but as it it starts increasing with the tempo and quickly becomes like very like serious we're like you know nothing actually like the gun doesn't go off or anything, but you kind of get the sense that it might where like mm-hmm. it, tension is building up and they're, they're actually like fighting over it and it gets their it gets hands pretty, are both on it. Like literally yeah. like pulling on each side of it. And I just, I just really loved how the music integrated with the dance movements in that I, song and how I it really could, built I, something. I agree. That scene was like fantastic. It, it like was really kind of, I, I want to say like experimental, but just like this ballet gun fight on this like dock with holes in it and they're like kicking up dust and like and no one's singing or really speaking and it just keeps going on and on and on 
just to be like, look what we can do. This is cool as shit. Like, yeah. And it kind of reminded me, I remember when I saw some like, was it Oklahoma on Broadway like four years ago? Just like this classic revival. Um, tickets weren't very expensive and I was excited to see it um, just because like you just kind of always hear about it. And, you know, it's very dated, but a lot of stock is put into the, like the choreography of some of these old musicals and like the, just the dancing alone and what they're able to like show you on stage, like it's supposed to be the thing entertaining you. And like this scene really showed that in like visual form. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what, what, like, what was your favorite scene? Anything I, that stand up for you? That was a big one. Um, I remember the, the intro for, for kind of similar reasons. Um, when these, when all these, uh, I think it's the, the like gang kids are coming out and they just start like snapping their fingers and then they'll, they'll like start getting together and they'll just do like a little twist and they're still like walking down the street and then we'll do like a jump kick and you're, it's like, it's just so like awkward to see these like rough working characters to jazz music, just start dancing out of nowhere. But then like everything starts happening in sync and it just really takes off. And it's just so creative and like special. And like, I don't like right away, I kind of, that strapped me in for the whole movie. Yeah. I mean, I agree pretty much completely. Like the movie gave me a lot of goodwill immediately because of the opening scene, like that, the opening scene with like, again, the sets, like just the, the wide shots of, of old New York buildings coming down, constructing like people in transition, but then like all these characters moving down the street and being in sync with each other and, and dancing. But then they also had background characters too. There were people just walking down the street, doing their own thing, kind of moving along with the music as well. And like, I was just, I was, I was taken into the world, you know, I, I, I was, I was brought in by the opening scene for sure. And then they threw the paint on it and then a a little brawl breaks out. It's, and it's, and immediately too, you're like, okay, this is, this is old Hollywood too. Like, this is not just like a modern, take of um west side story so much of this was like tied to the original like it felt like felt like this was a throwback to yeah it's the 50s I, 60s how exactly it used to be i kind of was saying that at the start like this this is just like a remake it's not like a unique adaptation they're going for an old look and feel even with a lot of like the camera angles a lot of the camera work and the lighting like they're trying to make this you know, it's not like scratchy old film look, but in a lot of ways, they're trying to make this look like a 50s movie. Um, the music is the same. It's like big band jazz music. Um, it's, it's, no, you tell me, I'm guessing it's beat for beat, like the same as the, as just the actual musical or the, or the 60s movie as well. It's pretty close. It's pretty yeah. close. I was kind of reading about the different like plot points are there. There's a few things here and there. Um, Wikipedia is actually saying that this is closer to the original Broadway um, performance than it was the the 61 movie. Yeah. So um, you're not coming into this, like trying to see some big re-envisioning or, you know, changing like plot points to make them actually like feel better and make more sense. It's like it, it has the goods and probably the bads of something that was written in the fifties. And yeah, I, I kind of at some point I do want to start going to spoilers, but I do want to point out like one of my favorite scenes as well was I guess we keep just pointing out like all the big brawls, but uh, they just work so well was the actual sequence in the warehouse later on in the film. And I also really appreciated how intense and like fucked up it got like yeah. I didn't know that this like 
musical was going to go that far. And when it like shit actually started hitting towards the end of that scene, I was like, holy shit. Like it was really unexpected. And I like felt the impact of that violence. Um, One thing I really liked about that scene too. I mean, I, I agree. That scene was really well done. And the, the, again, the tension built with the music and that was really cool. Um, But I really liked the character beats in that scene. You know, I liked how Ansel Elgort's character came in and, um, you know, one thing that, you know, I, I struggle with in movies in general is when I feel like characters can't just talk it out. Sometimes I'm like, come on guys, can't you just like say what you want and just talk it out? And especially, I I don't know if it necessarily is in this one, but especially when it's all just a miscommunication issue. Totally. Totally. This could, this could have been an example just like that. It kind of was a little bit, but Ansel Elgar actually comes in and he tries to like, he's like, he goes up to the, the top, um, uh shark and was like can we just talk like i i i'm i didn't mean to offend you you know can we not do this whole thing and and then he kind of starts punching him and he just starts taking it at first and i just i thought that was a really like cool like character moment you know like i was really into i was really into that part of the story you know where it was it was he was trying to practice nonviolence, but um you know in a world so full of like hate and um anger then it it of course turned into a brawl yeah his like his lips starts bleeding and his eyes starts bleeding and he's like how long is he going to take this for to try to make the apology work um but then it just keeps you know escalates even further from there um yeah the character beats and the emotional impact like worked really well for me in that scene i did not know the story went that far you know like as to what like the conclusion of that scene is um I do want to start jumping into spoilers so we can actually like talk about the stuff that ends up happening in this yeah. movie. Can I say a couple other things before we jump in? Just a, a couple it. little things. Yeah. I just wanted to point out a few of the acting. I know I've mentioned, mentioned Ansel Elgore a couple of times, but I actually thought he was great in this movie. I thought this mm-hmm. is the kind of movie that he shines in. He was in Baby Driver, and I feel like there's something about his like baby face that like he was comes also across in, really he was well. Ready Player musicals. One as well, right? No, I don't think so. Or is that a totally different? I think that was Guy. Sheridan, right? But um, uh, I'll look it up. But you, they look so similar. What? Um, but yeah, I mean, I th- so I thought he was fantastic. Um, uh, Rachel Zeiger, you mentioned her before. She plays Maria, who's like the female lead, and uh, that was her first movie. Which, oh my god, uh, it is a different person. They look uh, the exact same. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought Rachel Zegler was great, and as her first movie too, I was like, awesome, like great job. Um, Ariane DeBoss um, is mm-hmm. her is her sister in law, and she's kind of like the number two, um, like she's kind of like the lead, like the, the main supporting actress, I would say. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought she was just like so gorgeous and cool. Like her character was given time to develop, like not a lot of time, but like she had her moments and she took those moments. I thought they were really cool. Like she has a moment. Was, is that the thing. love interest or the or the wife or girlfriend? the the wife um, okay okay the older one the lead shark uh, yeah the leader yeah okay um but yeah both of them were like shockingly good like they were they like really stood out to me um yeah. and yeah the like vocal performances and you could tell they have like actual like experience um when it comes to some of the more intimate songs they like really let it out and it works really well yeah um another thing that i thought was really cool was um do you know the character Valentina? She owned the uh, the mm-hmm. drugstore, mm-hmm. Um she was actually she played Anita 
in the 1961 oh, version. That's so, cool. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's um, really special. And and she also gets her own like song towards the end and a, and a big scene at the end too. That was really yeah. powerful. And uh, there was a creative choice that was made in this movie. This, you know, we keep talking about how Spielberg is like a populist filmmaker. It's a mainstream movie. He made a choice to um, not put any subtitles when the characters were speaking Spanish. And it was like, you know, this these are like, white guys like Italians versus like Puerto Ricans. And anytime the Puerto Ricans are speaking their native language, it did not give you any subtitles. And I thought that was a awesome creative choice. Like yeah. this kind of thing where like, yeah, I didn't know what they were saying for a lot of it, but body language. But like, you also, can, you know what they're saying. I know what they're know. saying. For yeah. sure. I've seen enough movies or whatever, but you know, it just like, I just thought that was a really cool creative choice to just like, Nope, this is another language and they're speaking it and you Crazy. can still tell what they're saying. Like you can move with the movie. You don't. So need I'm guessing the sixties movie was subtitled at parts. Honestly, I don't remember, but I'm sure I, I, I actually think all of it was in English. Like okay. I had to guess, I'm pretty sure all of it would have just been. Yeah, English. actually good point. Just English with like accents or something. Yeah. And I wonder what the musical, the musical is probably all English just with different accents for the different people. Yeah. I mean, okay. maybe there were a few Spanish songs in there, but again, I'm not, I'm not an expert on this, but um there was also a trans character that i thought was like a pretty uh interesting cool choice too like they were like an outcast among the jets and um you know it was i just thought that was like pretty bold for for i don't know it being a disney movie and having that be that character was a pretty big part of the movie too so so um, do you remember i guess i keep asking this do you remember that from the 60s movie i don't think that was in the 60s just movie, not in but, the 60s movie but that that had to have been in the musical then Maybe um, that's one. Well, we'll have to look this up after, but I'd be, I'd be really interested if it wasn't in the original musical and they just added that in its own right. Um, so I'm guessing it was. If but, I remember um, correctly, I feel like it was just like a character that was kind of an outcast, you know, like they were just oh, kind of okay. like, or maybe it was, maybe it was a girl that wanted to join the Jets, but in this, it was like pretty explicitly like this was like yeah. a trans and, um, you know, they, they, they were a big part of the movie and I liked how they stood up for themselves and like kind of, uh, you know, there's that big scene in the police station, which wasn't my favorite scene in the movie, but I, I liked how they could express themselves and like fought for who they were. I was, I was trying to figure out throughout what, like what that character or why the character was there. Um, like thinking that it would have like a bigger impact at the end just because like that character was so sparsely throughout and just, you kept seeing like one-off shots. So you like, were like, all right, this is going to come back. Like every time, sometimes when like movies show like a specific shot of like something or someone, you know, it's going to come back in a bigger way. Um, and so I was constantly curious as like, why is this in the movie? Why is this in the movie? And, and then when they started bringing out like the, like you said, at the police station um, where he actually has to like defend himself being like a trans character or, it, I, I wasn't sure if it was going to work or not. And then like in my head, as I was walking home, I came, I was thinking like, maybe this was like in the original musical and they're making it like, and they're trying to say something in the fifties of this regard. And it was much harder to say, like to do or actually make explicit in the fifties. But here in this movie, they're like giving it more um, of an obvious, like, I don't know, point or display on screen. Um, and that's kind of like what you just said there. You think like maybe it was a character in the movie, but um, they like really didn't say anything too in depth about it. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I really should have, um, you know, pulled up uh, the research on on it and stuff. But um, I and, and you know, I got I get the sense that the movie was trying to just kind of tell the Jets were just wrong in a lot of ways, and. I feel like they did the movie does a good job at the story does a good job at like making you understand where they're coming from. They aren't just like purely like evil for the sake of being evil, but uh, also it's like they were wrong in and like they had their walls up in a lot of ways. And I feel like that was one of the ways that they were showing that they were. Yeah. Not the, not the greatest, but then when that like extremely bigoted through, in every way, not just, yeah. um, against the like puerto ricans or stuff yeah but i i did like 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 you're saying they they gave them reasons for being complete pieces of shit assholes and one of them was like one of the first times the cop was there um talking about how like they're they're like children of pieces of shit who's who stayed in this neighborhood and never left and did crime themselves and so now they're still here doing crime themselves and like um, it's just like, yeah, it made you just know the story, the backstory, the generational backstory behind this totally. game. And then and the scene right nowhere else to go. And then the scene right after that, um, when they, uh, it's like Riff talking to Ansa Ogor for the first time and like in the basement and he's trying to get him to come to the dance with him and then join the brawl with him. He's like trying to bring him back into the jets and Ansa Ogor starts like going on about how he he's changed as a person. Like he went to jail and he's like, I've learned a lot and I've grown and I don't want to be he starts talking like in a meaningful way and riff you can hear you can see in his face that he's taking it in but then it like becomes too much for him and i feel like yeah. you might even see water in his eyes but then he's like you're just too deep for me i am who i am i'm you know and i like being a jet or whatever and then he like leaves and it's like you know so much is said right there like i feel like i know people that are kind of like that you know but yeah, or like you're tr you're trying to say something, and then they have to crack a joke over top of it. Like they can't take whatever's in front of them too seriously. And as soon as this guy's best friend was like trying to explain something more deep than he could handle, he just like shrugged it off his back. Well, this is dumb. I'm out of here. Like, yeah. and uh, yeah, just turned around and walked away from it. Yeah, yeah, that was a very telling scene for sure. Yeah. So yeah no I, I i thought this movie was great i can we can go to spoilers whenever you're ready now I yeah, just let's to do it um spoilers 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 in case we'll go into any more specifics about this story that everyone probably should kind of already know how it resolves but um if you don't want to find out we're gonna go into spoilers um let's do it i guess let's talk about some of the ending plot points that worked and maybe didn't work um i there there's a lot of like romeo and juliet isms in this movie that that are hard to get over but you can kind of just accept for it just being an honest adaptation of something very old i guess um we already talked about one being the love story right of it not really being a love story it's just like 100 assumed from just like one look that these people will die from for each other for some reason yeah, I mean, the dance sequence was really well done. Like, we didn't mention it yet, but, like, I thought that dance sequence was really great. And then they, like, they hang it, like, basically, like, Tony and Maria hang out behind, like, behind the stairs or behind the bleachers. And then they, they share a moment. And then Tony's You're like, really tall. I'm, in, You're really like I'm in love with her. And I yeah. will do everything I can to be with her forever. And it's like, okay. Yeah. I guess and then I the, ne the next time they hang out in the, in the cloisters, on their date was like not that 
fun of a time either. They're like already arguing over their rival gangs and like already having kind of an upsetting decisions to make with each other. Um, it's, it's just like, it's hard to believe, but it's also hard to be angry at. Cause like, how else are you going to tell this story? That's like super old. Like you just got to tell it and let it be, I guess. Um, another, another thing that was like actually really hard for me to get over. And this, the story knows that it's hard to get over too. Cause they acknowledge it is just her, her fucking her brother's killer, like an hour after it happens. Right. And then, you know, 10 minutes, like five minutes later in the movie, the sister-in-law walks in and tells her like, what the fuck are you doing? This yeah. is the worst thing ever. So it's not like the movie doesn't know it, but at the same time, it's just like, who, who are these characters? Like, it's just yeah. so unbelievable beyond it's, anything. Like, I mean, it's like, you have to just accept that it's based in like pure emotion, right? Like these two fell in love immediately, or they're like, they're, and they're going to fight for that love. And, you know, I kind of, I, I agree. I, I had a hard time getting over that. And then I did appreciate that the movie was like, yeah, no, we know that this is weird, but um, I liked in that moment that Tony was, and Elgore was like, I'm going to go turn myself into the police. And she was like, I don't know. It was like something with her that was like, I can't lose both my brother and you or something. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like, yeah, she, I, I felt that she's like, you can't, don't you do that to me? Like, fuck yeah. like I, I also, I don't think this is what the movie meant, but in my head, cause I was kind of like grossed out by everything that was happening there. I kind of saw him as like, like, Oh, like, don't make me go to the police. Like oh, as like a little puppy thing. And like, that's probably not what they were going for, but my head kind of went there and it just yeah. like made me roll my eyes even more like okay. him knowing she would take him, but he was just trying to make it sound worse than it like, um, I don't know, but I just, um, I just wanted to mention it, but I'm not too hung up by it. Cause I know it's like, I mean, based I was off something from the 1600s. So like, I was also like hung up on like, um, uh, the other character, um, Chino, Chino's the one that goes on date with Maria in the beginning to the dance before Maria hit it off with Tony. And he's kind of just like hanging around for most of the movie. And I don't know, you get the sense that he's kind of a nice guy. Like he's like more yeah. mild mannered than the rest of the sharks and the gangsters. Yeah. And, but then like after, after um, Bernardo, uh, you know, Maria's brother dies, he's like, he's finds the gun. He's like, I am going to kill Tony. And like, I didn't really get that jump with the character. You yeah. Know, it's like, like it's like he you're supposed to believe that like he felt wronged that she chose tony over him and also that like he killed you know a puerto rican so he's probably also mad about that but like but like that you're right that too is just like this like revenge that we're not used to in modern times it's like so what you went to a dance and she she like danced with somebody else like get over yourself now you're gonna go kill someone because of it like yeah I mean, no toxic masculinity but you know yeah. it's it just does feel like i don't know and also so the point, exaggerated to the right? point where he was just like out in the street and everyone was like i mean chino's got a gun and if he sees tony he's gonna be dead it just was like uh, someone should stop this guy yeah. <laughs> you know he's, he's out of control but... the police like everyone somehow knew about it like the police even know about it like yeah tony's to just point, out there roaming this like yeah, the streets the, in new york yeah to the point where like tony eventually you know gets to the point where tony's like He's out there and he's like, Chino, just where are you? I want you to kill me. He's, he's a so block like, away. Yeah. And uh, 
Although I will say, like in that scene that I just mentioned, where Tony is running through the streets, I thought Ansel Elgort was like pretty fantastic in it, though. Like he had like tears rolling down his face, and I thought that was like good acting for this. Mm -hmm. So, yeah the the ending as well. Well, the ending surprised me a little bit because it didn't go full Romeo and Juliet, right? And like so much of it was like beat for beat that story, but then the end, I guess I. You know, I thought she was going to kill herself. I thought she was going to grab the gun from him, put it to her head, and, and kill herself. Um, it's better but, that she didn't, though, right? Yeah, like it was a better it's, movie it's that totally she... fine she didn't. And the words she says there are like so good. Yeah. And she was just like, "How many bullets do I have to kill every single person here, including myself?" You're just like, yeah. "Oh, yeah. like oh my god." Yeah. Um, you know, that, that says more than her just like silently taking the gun and you know, killing herself in the alley or something. Definitely. And uh, uh, it, was, it was pretty good. It was pretty good writing um, to have to have her kind of final exclamation be that of just pure misery, like anguish at that moment. Definitely. And, um, you know, it was, I, I, you know, the way the ending comes together is like, you know, this is a tragedy at the truest like form right it's like like the two characters could have wound up together very like easily if just timing was a little bit different and um you know uh the character mentioned before um uh anita played by area demos you know the gorgeous one i mentioned you know Mm -hmm. after her husband dies you know and she sees that her her little sister-in-law was like sleeping with the guy who killed them. You know, she gets rightfully angry, but then she is like, I know what help her. Yeah. Well, she's like, I know what it's like to stay with somebody who's done a lot of bad shit because yeah. love, like love is sometimes stronger than that. Um, I think that's where that kind of understanding eventually comes from. Yeah. And, and then, yeah, her well, relaying like... the wrong message. Yeah. Uh, that I didn't, I didn't remember that or expect that. Um, there was, yeah, there was a lot of stuff at the end that like came together, and especially with how like artsy most of the movie is when it started getting into like the violence and the death and the like rape and yeah. the like scene, and then the like final scene with the uh, um, with the store owner and just her like walking in on all that and like really, I guess, sticking it to all these like kids. Um, uh, yeah a lot of it was was pretty impactful and well done yeah i thought that final i mean that that rape scene was like pretty rough like pretty scary and mm-hmm. how quickly those guys got out of control and um yeah and then you know you don't blame her for delivering the wrong message after that you know you're kind of yeah. like yeah you know she's kind of looking out for her her sister too you know yeah. she's like if these guys she was- I was surprised she was going to relay the message at all. And so I wasn't really surprised when she like changed her mind too much. Right. Especially after what happened or almost happened. And then, um, and then Valentina, who I mentioned the, um, you know, the store owner, she like, I know all of your names. I watched you grow up and I knew your father. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, it's just like, it's rough. Yeah. I, I liked how poignant she was just like, and I'm now watching you all turn into rapists. Yeah. And she just like bluntly said that to each and every one of them. Um, and yeah, it was pretty like, it felt good yeah. just to have this lady like stand there and say that, which they all, I guess, respected it enough to 
take that to heart, even if they do have a heart left in them. Um, yeah. Since uh, I got the sense that they were just like, okay, well, the jets are done. Kind yeah. of like, you know, their okay, leader's well, dead. Yeah. Um, we all know we're the worst people ever. Um, yeah. And yeah, again, like that's, that's also a, like kind of an eye shrugging moment, but a thing that like um, I took with a grain of salt in storytelling is the ending um, so yeah, I, there's problems with them just like picking up the body and marching off in sync. I'm like, okay, like if, if this was a more realistic movie, there's like, there's no way this is like, would work for me. Um, but I guess in this heightened fantasy musical state, like I, I was able to accept it for what it was. Yeah. The like kind of final shot conclusion. Totally. It was a good shot too. It's like one of the, again, it was one of those wide shots that just took it, took the whole set in and I just, just yeah. There's some shots that are just mind blowing. Like, I just want to point out, and it's in the trailer too. And well, not the one when they're dead because they do it twice, but it's like the shadows coming in on this like salt warehouse. Oh yeah. There's, and specifically the second time they do it at the end of the scene when there's two bodies on the floor and yeah. the police are coming in. Like, oh my god. Yeah, great. That's gorgeous. Yeah. And it's just throughout this movie. Um, anything else, Nick? I think that's about it for me. I, you know, yeah. I liked it. I liked it despite yeah. it being a musical. I, yeah, I, I liked it despite there being things you just have to accept of it being a musical from the 50s, from a 1600 story, and just some things you have to get over. Yeah, I mean, I hope people see it. You know, this does to me feel like a very much like a good, like Christmas kind of like family, you know, movie to watch with your family and stuff. Like, even though it's a tragedy, it's not like an uplifter at all at all it's still like it's so classic and it makes i don't know it's it's a movie you know it's very much like a movie movie you know it's yep. go to the theater and take it in because yeah. it's 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 a lot you know it's it's a big time movie totally agreed um i will say uh coming up next we have we have a lot we have a lot to go over for holiday movies to watch with your family Next one is going to be Spider-Man No Way Home, um, which we'll likely be seeing this weekend, reviewing next Tuesday, probably on some kind of call together, maybe me and my brother, um, maybe me and somebody else, um, but we'll figure it out as we get there. Um, thanks for joining. Um, Nick, it's been fun talking movies with you again. Definitely, definitely. Very, um, very much. It was very fun talking about this movie. I'm glad we were able to do it. Please like and subscribe. This is the monthly movie dispatch. See you later. Bye.